So here's today's transformational truth. You'll never be more powerful than your willingness to be vulnerable. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Today's interview is with Jonathan Milligan. Jonathan is an author, blogger, speaker, and online business coach. He is the creator of the popular weekly podcast and live stream show, Market Your Message. Since 2009, Jonathan has run his own portable lifestyle business online. Today, he teaches others how to build a business with their passion, story, or message. He lives in Jacksonville, Florida with his wife, Charity, and their two kids, Kayla and Jordan. Let's jump into this rich and practical conversation. You're really going to enjoy this. So here's today's transformational truth. You'll never be more powerful than your willingness to be vulnerable. And we're talking about the power of sharing your own story. Essentially, we're discussing what it means to discover the strength of, of sharing our weaknesses to make an impact. But this often feels very counterintuitive. We're tempted to only show people our successes, our strengths. And while those are inspirational, it's usually going to be our real life moments that people can relate to. It's our wounds that often create a far greater platform for impact than our strengths. And here helping us unpack today's transformational truth is Jonathan Milligan. Jonathan, we're so honored to have you on Transformational Truths. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Travis. I'm excited to dive in today. Well, we're excited to have you. I've I've managed to keep up with your work for the past few years since I started writing. And I want to tell you, and for the sake of all of our guests who are interested in telling your story and writing, that they really need to connect to you and, and everything you do. And I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, Jonathan, let's just jump right into it. Why is it so important to learn how to share our story? This is so important. And here's why. Because many of us discount our own journey. Hmm. We just feel like it's uh, boring. We feel like it's not going to connect. We feel like we have nothing to say. Do I have any value to give others? Who am I to give advice? I've heard it all. And in fact, yeah. all those things have gone on in my own two ears, right? It's, it's that idea or that concept or that deception, mm -hmm. uh, that false truth that we don't have something valuable to share. And the truth is that could be never further from the truth. Right, right. We often take, I've discovered um, as, as a pastor that um, we often take the most simple things in our lives for granted that could make the greatest impact. We, you know, we have this tendency to think it's not until you have this, this incredible revelation moment or this incredible event in your life, we take for granted some of the most practical aspects of just everyday living that other people yearn to hear about, long to get clarity uh, around in our marriages and in, in parenting kids and in, in pursuing a career. Um, have you discovered that that's often true, that it's it's oftentimes the stuff that people really long to hear about the most, really, they're the, they're the everyday things. They're just trying to figure life out. 
you know, I figured this out actually writing this book. So uh, my story was, it's a pretty simple story. You know, I, I came to Christ when I was 10 years of age and and uh, grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my dad was always involved in ministry. He was always involved in uh, being a teacher. My mom was a teacher. And so for me, it was pretty normal, good, average, everyday life. And in fact, when I graduated from college, I wrestled with, you know, am I going to go into ministry? What is my big calling in life? What is my thing? And yet I just felt like at the time, I just didn't have that moment. Other people had that calling moment. Other people had such clarity. And for me, it was just, I don't know. It was always, I don't know. I don't know. So I started off as a high school teacher. And when I started writing this book, My publisher challenged me and said, at the beginning of my book, it was just kind of, here's an overview. Here's what this book is about. And they said, no, we want you to share your story. Hmm. And I was like, I don't have a story. Like my story is I was a high school teacher who wanted to try to make an impact in life. I started on this entrepreneurial journey to find my calling. And here are some of the lessons that God taught me along the way to help me to fall into my purpose and what my gifts were. Mm. To me, that sounded like people are going to read that first introduction and they're going to say, this is a boring book. And what I found was that was the absolute complete opposite. And so I think the lesson here is the everyday moments do connect with people as much as the rags to riches stories. Mm. I was reading in my own writing journey. Um, I was doing some research, learning, you know, best practices for writing. And Stephen, uh, actually, of all people, Stephen King wrote a book about writing. And um, I listened to the audio version of that book. And uh, it was intriguing because he was so intentional about sharing just his everyday life moments. He was so intentional about showing the reader who's trying to write that it doesn't have to be spectacular, just his everyday uh, upbringing moments. And it was entertaining. It was engaging. It was it was uh, kind of fascinating in a way. But one of the things he said um, that you just said in a different way was a reader's desire. The question that they want to know is that is there a real person behind this page? Is there somebody else here um, that I can relate to? Uh, your story uh, is important to me, Jonathan. What you just said, you know, uh, coming to Christ at a very young age being exposed to, you know, the church. I I have a very similar story, except I didn't make all of the best choices. I was sort of a prodigal when I was young, and I have a much different story. And so when I share the story, I remember sharing my story one time, and somebody came up to me and says, man, I don't have anything like that in my life. I don't have a story like yours. Wow, that's, you know, I wish I had a story like that. If I had a story like that, I could really do something. I, you know, I just didn't go through any of that stuff. And I looked at them and I said, stop. Um, it's not that you don't have a story. You just don't have the baggage. Mm. Everybody has a story and we tend to glamorize, you know, those, those rag, as you put it, those rags to riches moments. Let me ask you a question, Jonathan. How did we get there? How did we begin to miss the everyday miracles of life? How, how did we miss the fact that everyone really does have a story to tell? And we, we just sort of glamorize these, these really big moments. And we miss the, 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 the little moments every day that can really impact people's lives. You know, it it could be that some of them, and I'm just kind of guessing here, you know, I I think some of it is our entertainment culture that we're in. 
you know, we get attracted to the big movies with the awesome, amazing stories that sometimes are even, you know, based on true events. They're not even the actual true events. They're sensationalized to a degree that makes it really pull at our heartstrings. And so we see that we see pictures again of people rags to riches, Mm -hmm. people from, from where they were to where they are. And we just doubt ourselves because we just feel normal and average. And here's the thing. Most people, the majority of people feel average. And Mm. I think we need to, to honor that more and showcase the, how God can show up in the everyday moments that we typically miss. Hmm. That's so good. I was, I was interviewing a pastor in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area several months ago. He said something um, that I think probably applies here. He said, we have glorified the platform, but not the process. And um, I think that probably applies here. We have this tendency to only glorify platforms, you know, making quote unquote, making it whatever that looks like. And uh, we have dismissed this process in our lives and the value of that process. Say, hey, Jonathan, what do you think is at stake? I mean, talking to people that are listening who think, I don't know. I mean, you know, why does it even matter? Why does my story matter? What would you say to someone who says, I don't even know that my story matters? I mean, what, what's really at stake? Well, I think for, uh, well, for Christians, I think the battle, this was the battle for me growing up, is I had this understanding that for me, Um, there was this wrestling between full-time Christian ministry or doing something that felt selfish. And it Mm. wasn't that the the people on the platform were trying to say that it just felt that way to me. And so as I'm coming into like young adulthood, I'm trying to figure out, well, can I be called to something? Does God care about me? Does God care about my story, my gifts, my value, if I'm wrestling with something other than ministry and feeling Mm. like he's tug, I'm moving in this direction, am I being selfish or is this actually God's direction? And so I think what's at stake is we can miss this awesome, wonderful calling that may be outside of ministry. And there were a couple of, uh, my mom was very instrumental when I was young. She told me, well, my mom told me one thing, my wife told me another. So have great women around you, men can really be a guidance to you. My, my mom told me, Jonathan, not everybody can stand up in the pulpit because then there would be no congregation. Mm. And I went, that's so practical. I can't go find a verse for that, but that's making (laughs) a lot of sense. And number two was my wife who said, John, she said, I can see you just possibly weaving out of ministry in ministry. God can take you whatever direction you just need to follow him. And Mm -hmm. what is the next step that he's laid out before you? That's what you need to be responsible of is living out your calling and using your gifts, not necessarily connecting your purpose to a title to a position, That's good. to a place of authority. Yeah. And if you just learn to f- discover your unique gifts and then you wake up every day and steward those gifts, God can use that in ministry, out of ministry, mm. wherever. And that w- kind of settled me into, I just need to do my part in discovering what has God given me. And 
I need to start stewarding that. And then allow God to direct me on the journey. And my passions may change in ministry, out of ministry, or whatever he has for me. And so I think what's at stake is if you feel like you're not called into ministry, what's at stake is missing that God's called you to something else. Mm. That's so rich and so valuable, uh, Jonathan. I'm glad that you brought that up. I think oftentimes um, the lids on our thinking, the lids on our life, um, to be honest with you, uh, they come from that wrestling idea that am I going to be disappointing to God if I pursue something outside of what we would call you know, vocational ministry? Um, I'm of the persuasion that everyone is created with purpose. I think the scripture says um, we've been created for good works to accomplish. You know, God had created us for good works to accomplish. And I think those good works are in part uh, the purpose that you're speaking to. Um, and I, I also think that ministry happens, equipping happens on Sunday. Um, I think the real ministry happens Monday through Saturday. I think it's in the workplace. It's in our homes. It's in our marriages. Um, that's, in, that's incredible. Um, that's insightful. Um, I've discovered, and I'd, I'd probably say I discovered year, this probably years ago. Um, I can't pinpoint the moment. But I discovered that in general, everyone wants to be Superman, but more people relate to Clark Kent. You know, um, they relate to that guy, you know, the, the the guy, the fumbling guy, the guy who's sort of clumsy, the guy who doesn't get all those words right, the guy who can't even talk to the girl, you know. Um, but we are so hesitant to show people Clark. You know, we 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 are we live in the social media saturated culture where everyone shows everyone their best moments, you know, their portrait moments. Uh, we've got these amazing digital cameras on our phones we can show people the best version of us at any given moment um and and i i think we're robbing people and ourselves of something because i've discovered like jesus uh after he rose from the dead which we're getting ready to celebrate uh pretty soon he walks into a locked room and the first thing he does is show everyone his wounds mm. he rose and he showed his wounds and this was such a profound moment uh, he said, look, I was wounded, but I got back up. And I think Jesus is teaching us something valuable here. Touch this wound, put your hand in my side. And we often hesitate to show anybody our wounds. We, we want to be Superman. We want to be Wonder Woman. We want to be the strong one all the time. But people are looking for people that can say, look, I was wounded, but God used me anyway. Look, I was broken, but here's how God worked for my life anyway. Why do you think sometimes we're so hesitant, Jonathan, to tell our our real story? I mean, you know, the real one. There's always, mm -hmm. as a pastor, I would always joke, and I, I will tell people, hey, what's your story? And then I would say, now tell me the real story. Tell me the story that you didn't want to tell me. I want to know your real story. Why do you think we hesitate to tell the real story? I think we are afraid of rejection. We're afraid of not being accepted. So good. I, I, I think especially in the church circles, we want to present ourselves that we have everything put together yeah. and everything's great. Everything's wonderful. And what happens is people are walking into church every weekend um, with a mask on that they don't, they're not able to show their true hurts and their true pains and the difficulties they're going through. And you know, churches should be more of a hospital of a place mm. where we accept yes. the, the sick and the hurt in fact, that's what Jesus said. Yes. He said, I'm I'm here for a very specific reason. For those that are downcast, the sick, the hurt, 
that's who I'm here. I didn't call, come to call the righteous. Mm. So um, I think it's a challenge. I think it, we have to, as leaders, we have to model it. That's sometimes hard and difficult. Yeah. Um, I know for me, when I, when I started the book, I started at a real low point in my life. I mean, the first words in the book are me saying, I'm ready to go fail at something because wow. I was at this point in my life where things felt like they were way spiraling downward. And as a family man with a young daughter and a wife, I felt like I wasn't providing for my family. I had left my safe and secure job. I was wrestling with this. And so what was that journey like for me to get to the other, the other side of finding that purpose in the midst of that pain? And I think it's so important we show that. And if you mm. think about it, and I talk about this also in the book, that just like you mentioned, what are the, some of the superheroes we admire? Well, we admire the superheroes not because of their strength, mm -hmm. but because of their vulnerability. That's right. We like Spider-Man because he could be a little egotistical. He could be a little bit too cocky. We love Captain America because he's a little vulnerable. He's taken right. advantage of. And you can look at just one superhero after the next and see that the thing that we kind of most admire is they have challenges and vulnerabilities that they that we know about. And that brings us to, that draws us to them. And so mm. I think the thing that's missing is we are afraid of showing and revealing our challenges and our struggles when th showing those challenges and struggles and being vulnerable is the very thing that actually um, mm. connects us, not divides us. Mm. Wow, that's so insightful. We, we all do have kryptonite, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we do. That is... Um, uh, that is excellent. Um, <clears throat> you said the the first words of your of your book is I'm ready to go fail at something. It reminded me of words of a there's a South African pastor named Trevor Hudson, and Trevor Hudson said um, uh, he said you know you're truly free in Christ, uh, not when you're free to succeed, but when you're also free to fail. Mm. That's when you know you you've truly discovered your identity in Christ. Um, so rich. So, uh, Jonathan. Can you give our listeners one or two keys to effectively sharing our authentic story? Okay. So in the book, the first half of the book is not about, and in the book itself is about, it's, it's for writers, speakers, coaches, those who feel like they have a message. Mm -hmm. How do we rise above the noise and get heard out there? Mm -hmm. Now, the book itself appears like a marketing book there are some of those principles about how you build the business part in the second half of the book, but the whole first half of the book is a self-development journey. Mm. And so it is the journey that we must all go through to really understand, first of all, that we have a message. And second of all, discovering what that message is. Mm. And so the, the probably the best lesson I could give is to understand that in the future somewhere, there are people waiting for you to bring your message. Mm. It may not seem like it right now, but there are people waiting for you. And what it's going to depend on is your present courage in this moment to start sharing that message and start 
putting it out there for people. This mm. is this is the piece that really hit me. And a, a quick little story that I like to share is uh, pre-COVID, I hosted an event and we had about 80 people attend this two-day event in person. And the night before I was going to open up the event by showing them my first YouTube video that I recorded 10 years earlier, that was absolutely awful. I don't know why I haven't deleted it. It was <laughs> terrible. But I said, I'm going to show that to them so they could see just how terrible, how creepy, how just terrible I was <laughs> with doing a YouTube video. I mean, snooze fest. And that will be an encouragement to them that we all just kind of get started. And so I looked it up in my YouTube channel and what I found shocked me. I went all the way back in the archives and the very date I uploaded that first video was 10 years to the date hmm. of me doing the live event. And I sat there for a moment, sat back on my chair and I thought, wow, like if I could go back in time to my 10 year younger self who was nervous about sharing his message in a YouTube video, not knowing what he was doing. And I could tap him on the shoulder and say, I don't know if you know this, I'm from the future. Hmm. There is a whole room of people waiting to learn from you that want and need your help. Wow. Like that younger self wouldn't believe it. Wow. Right. And so the same, if that was true for me, the same is true for you. There are people waiting for you, hmm. but it's going to take your present courage and everybody you admire, you could trace their story back to a moment of present courage when they decided to step forward. Maybe they started the podcast. They wrote the book. They stood up on stage as nervous as could be and delivered yeah. their message. That's where it starts. It starts with a moment of present courage and just keep in mind that there are people waiting for your help. And if you don't say it, it may never be heard. If you don't record it, it may never be watched. And if you don't wow. write it, it may never be read. Wow. Wow. Jonathan, tell us a little bit more about your book. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this book. Um, you know, I put it out there to a bunch of publishers, the idea behind it. Um, I was really excited that Baker Books grabbed a hold of it as a mm. Christian publisher. That meant a lot to me. Uh, because yeah. it, it it allowed me to work directly with a Christian publisher and feel the freedom to incorporate some of my faith in the book and uh, some of my journey uh, in the book. So again, it's a two-part book. The first half of the book is really a personal development kind of journey of how do you discover your message? How do you discover your purpose? And so I got some exercises in there that were really helpful to me in helping me uncover, you know, what it was that God had given me hmm. as potential gifts that I need to use and serve others with. And then the second half of the book is really more of the strategy behind how do we start getting that message in today's society with the online space? How do we get this message out to people and build an audience around what we consider to be the message God gave us. So mm. that is a synopsis of what the book's about. Uh, that's exciting. Um, for someone that's listening um, who has a story to tell, but doesn't know where to begin, um, what would you say to that person? Yes. Yeah, so one of the things I teach in the book is that you really need three things 
to create a powerful message. Hmm. Purpose, people, and passion. Hmm. So purpose is what's unique about you. See, a lot of long time ago, I think that the reason I struggled for so many years is I kept thinking my purpose was in a position or a title. And what I discovered was the purpose was actually using the gifts God gave me. Right. Like he created me to express certain gifts. Um, he was creative and therefore he's made me in the likeness of him to be creative. And I need to express those gifts that he's given me. So that's purpose. People is who are you called to serve? And mm. some of us, it makes sense from our story, the, the exact people we're called to serve. And then finally is, is passion. And passion is something that's often misunderstood. The way that I try to describe it in the book, it's really about what is the problem in the world that you're passionate about solving for the next two to five years? Hmm. Let's start there because we make it heavier than it needs to be. Like, what is my passion I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life? Right. Ruth is God can change that at any time. We saw this in the life of Paul. He's thinking, this is where God's having me. And God says, no, actually, I want you to go over here instead. Yes. So what is right in front of you that you can just start down that path? And so really, it's about understanding your purpose, how you show up best for others, the people you feel like God's called you to serve, and the passion or the problem that you're going to help solve in the next two to five years. Hmm. The transformational truth that we're tackling today is you'll never be more powerful than your willingness to be vulnerable. Jonathan, where can people find you? So marketyourmessage.com is our main website. Uh, as far as the book, the book, you can find out more at yourmessagemattersbook.com. And of course, the book's available everywhere. Uh, books are sold if you want to grab a copy there. Um, I did buy a couple thousand copies from the publisher myself and have been giving them away on our website, just asking for people to pay shipping. Mm -hmm. So that's at uh, yourmessagemattersbook.com. Oh, fantastic. If you'd like to connect with Jonathan Milligan, please check out the links that I've included for you in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor, take a moment, go to Apple iTunes to rate the show and write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Jonathan, thanks for being with us today. No, thank you for having me.